0: Welcome everybody to Too Legit to Crit, a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by two guys who can't help but giggle every time they hear the spell flesh to stone.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, it
2: makes them rock. It's hard. a
0: penis.
2: <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's Yeah, we are
0: we are children. We are.
2: We are, we really are. We we have not aged past about twelve. Oh, or Jesus 13 Christ years, though, now. Mentally.
0: And I'm, a, I'm a, um, But that's fine. I'm a 40-year-old, 12-year-old. Yeah. But I make no apologies for it. Fuck them.
1: No. Well, yeah, yeah, Absolutely.
0: My name is John
2: Santana. I am still Justin.
0: And how are you, Justin?
2: I'm good, man. Uh, I had a really nice uh, week off from work for the birthday thing. You're
0: a year older. But
2: I am. You're a year wiser. I am. Am I? I don't
0: know. I'm asking. Is uh, do you do you feel a year wiser? <laughs> no. <laughs> you sure? You you sound you're sounding pretty wise to me, like a wizened old um, man. <laughs> do you reckon that's where
2: the term wizard comes from? Because they're very wise people. They're and... I'm
0: guessing as much. Yeah. It's
2: got. It's, it's probably like there's there's a similar root there or something. Yeah. One
0: hundred percent.
2: Um, but yeah, no, like I went to the zoo as well on, on uh, Saturday. That was pretty good.
0: Oh, nice. Um, You take the little one? Yeah, it
2: took the, yeah, it took the small. Um, it was like her first time going properly. Like now that like she's been before, but she was so young that she doesn't really like, she wasn't able to really enjoy it. She was still like a proper baby baby. Um, so this was her first time going like now that she's old enough to actually like enjoy it and remember it and stuff. So it was really cool seeing like her get all excited seeing all the animals That's stuff. amazing. That's
0: nice. I'm I'm really glad you yeah. had a good time. And have you done it What about you? I was going to say have you done anything in the role play sphere this week or did you just enjoy um, your birthday? Just just
2: enjoyed my birthday. Uh I did have a couple of people around on the Wednesday for some boardy games, but we only by the time everyone like it got organized and people got here, it was like quite late already. So we only got two games in, um, but it was still really enjoyable. Um, we played a little bit of Muffin Time and uh, I finally got to play Disney Munchkin, which I've, I've owned the game for a year and not had a chance to play it. So I'm very happy that I finally got to play it.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> well, I haven't really been up to much. Um, I'm getting the, the Kingmaker campaign ready. Um out of the four slots, three are taken. So if you are intre- if you're in the area and you're interested in playing a classic um Pathfinder's um adventure path updated to Can't second touch. edition, then yeah, by all means get um get onto gamers Nexus and book a ticket. Mm. So I've been preparing that. My uh homebrew campaign, the Current arc they were in, where they were in this town that almost seemed too good to be true, and they discovered that there was some good old fashioned Yog-Sagothery going on. Lovely, lovely. Um, that kind of all came to a, a a big climax where they essentially murdered a town. Oh, lovely! Yeah, they uh, they deemed the town as. Lost. basically lost <laughs> um, the fact that sunk sunk cost. the fact that the entire <laughs> town was um involved in some shady sacrificial practices and <laughs> their response was fuck them so yeah, yeah, i yeah, i tried out a new mechanic which was very fun
2: What was the new mechanic?
0: So, essentially, um, to kind of go uh, against a whole town, I made the combatants quite potent in terms of attack, but Mm. they had...
1: But, like, super squishy.
0: Fuck all AC, fuck all hit points. So they were dropping down in one hit, some of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, you know, the players had so much fun, I actually had to invent new townspeople
1: and just start
0: (laughs) bringing, like, another wave. It's like, oh, and all of a sudden, out the houses. More and more come. The
2: tavern clears out, and it's just...
0: (laughs) So they also faced off against a manifestation of Sagoth. which it was, on a head-to-head, would have been an unwinnable battle, but there was a way to win. And I'm not really going to go into what that was because, you know, it may be uncomfortable for some of our listeners, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. They had to basically make a moral decision. Right. Um, And they did. They did, but not without getting battered Mm. left and right. Um, So all of this was, you know, all of this kind of happened. And it was all a very morally grey area, everything about it. Yeah. So the decisions they had to make to defeat Yogg-Sagoth, the decision to go and punish the town when
1: they could have opted to use non-lethal force, all of that um, was
0: kind of set in place for them to question the status quo of their alignment, which basically I've used as a springboard to remove alignment from my game.
2: Nice, 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 So it was
0: a case of this has happened. You have made these decisions, which are questionable. So now (laughs) alignment (laughs) is no longer a thing. We're kind of getting ready for the remaster. Which is coming out in November. So it kind of worked out. It kind of worked out pretty well. I don't know how the removal of alignment is going to land, especially to the cleric. But I have assured him that there is a way to convert everything he's able to do. And in the Mm. fringe sort of circumstances where it's a bit up for debate, I'm always going to kind of lean in favor of the player. So,
2: yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds good, though, man. It's, uh, and it's nice to be able to kind of springboard your current campaign into the remaster as well, rather than having to go, well, that's the end of that. Let's start again, you know.
0: Yeah, that's it. And, you know, the, the, like the rem- I'm really excited for the remaster. Mm. And the thing that I was most excited for is getting rid of that fucking stupid mechanic.
2: Yes, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's that's one thing that I think you and me definitely agree on. Is that alignment charts and alignment just in general? Is it's a it's a silly mechanic from from way back when um, that used to have a place but no
1: longer does. Yeah,
0: it's become more than irrelevant and yeah, it's. I'm surprised it's lasted this long because in like Pathfinder first edition D and D five e it has a mechanical relevance but it is very limited. Like, okay, so yeah, it's relevant I think, for certain I think I'm, classes.
2: I think I'm both surprised and not at the same time. Um, because it, it's one of those that it has so little effect that the, the only people that are going to care about whether, like if it was removed during a playtest, for example, right? The only people who are going to kick up a fuss are the people who play that particular class. Um, and the players who don't play that class aren't going to care either way because it doesn't affect them. No. You, you see you see what I mean? So in a way, I can kind of see why they wouldn't get rid of it because it doesn't really affect 80% of the people playing the game, probably even more than that. Um, and the 20% that it does affect are, are going to want to keep it, so they just kept it. Um, but at the same time, I've played some of those classes that rely on alignment, in air quotes, and I've never really even considered it even then, because even something like an Oathbreaker Paladin from 5e, right? They're meant to be an like an evil alignment, um, like class, but I don't see it that way because all it means is they had an oath that they've broken. So if they used to be uh, like an Oath of Vengeance Paladin, right? So they were set out to get Vengeance for something and they had an opportunity to to take that Vengeance and they didn't, They've then broken their oath. That doesn't mean they're evil. It just meant that they prioritised something else in that moment. They've still broken their oath.
0: It was a way of kind of pigeonholing um, character concepts, which can't really be pigeonholed.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: it's created this sort of, this absolute concept of good and evil and law and chaos. Yeah. When nobody truly is one of those things or the other Mm -mm. no no so i i'm glad to see the back of it to be honest
2: yeah no same
0: so uh, speaking of the remaster
2: yes um, nice lovely good segue thank you almost like we actually planned that one
0: it's crazy i don't know what you're talking about that was off the cuff man (laughs) that was improv Um, so Paizo released on their blog some of the the sort of preview of the changes that are coming to they call it the wizard class, but a lot of it is is more to do with spell casting in general. But, you mm. know, I think you said before we went on air that it probably affects the wizard more than anyone.
2: Yeah, because I mean like spellcasting's kind of their whole shtick, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so and and they deal a lot more with um sort of schools of magic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera,
1: more yeah. than any other class. Yeah. Um so yeah, one of the one of the uh
0: changes that's going to happen is that they are actually
1: removing the schools as it were. Mm-hmm. So you're no
0: longer going to get sort of, sort, of, sort of abjuration, conjura- conjuration, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
2: Yes, I remember you mentioned that once before. Yeah, actually. so they're kind of removing. They're, they're putting them more into like actual
0: actual schools. So, yeah. for example, the School of Battle Magic, or the School yeah. of Civic Wizardry, or and the School of Mentalism. So <laughs> you will you you will have schools, but they will actually be in world. Yeah locations where you have rather studied just, uh, a type of spell casting as opposed yeah, to
2: rather, as opposed to just like some you know abstract oh this is a conjuration spell because i'm creating something yeah
0: so like, yeah. yeah so exactly and where yeah. you've always kind of had overlap where there've been conjuration mm. spells that do damage yeah you know and and stuff like that it it's kind of again it's one of these things that has persisted
2: a relic from the past that could probably be do with do uh, do with being replaced, which is exactly what they're or doing.
0: Reviewed. I won't say. Re- yeah, I, I think reviewed is yeah. probably the best way to better choice of words. Yeah, yeah. to <laughs> kind of focus it. So um, th- did I see
2: as well that they're also removing spell components?
0: They are. They are indeed.
2: I like that
0: spell components. I don't. I think I've only ever used them if it has been significant.
2: Yeah, I think as well like cuz there's even in 5e, right? There's so many ways to get around a spell component unless it's got like a significant gold cost. Um like if you just give your character an arcane focus, right? In 5e anyway. Um you can cast anything that would that uses components without having the components unless it's got like a really high gold cost or gets consumed by the spell. Yeah. Um so like at that point anybody who's building a character is just going to build them with an arcane focus because you don't have to then track, oh, wait, do I have that component? Like, you don't have to worry about it. You just cast a spell. Um, so it's kind of gotten to a point where I, I don't know a single GM who's ever tracked spell components, if I'm honest. No,
0: I never have. And someone, uh, someone once said, and I think it might have been on Facebook or something like that, someone once said that originally the spell components in, in AD&D were meant yeah. as a joke. And if you actually look, uh, I'm just going to bring up Pathfinder 1st Edition. Some of the spell components, Mm. I think, for example, message is a piece of string. Yeah, As in, like, the two cans and a piece of string sort of thing. Yeah. So the way the components were designed were designed as this sort of tongue-in-cheek nod to what the spell would be yeah so yeah i mean no one's no one i've ever played with has tracked them and i certainly haven't
2: no i mean it's also one of those things as well where a lot of gms would just hand wave oh you probably bought all that last time you were in town especially considering they don't get consumed right like most like 99 percent of spells don't consume the components um so, yeah, it's always just been a bit... They, I, I, I don't even track it in five
0: years. They slightly oh, brought the relevance back in second edition um, because okay. um, spells with the manipulate trait, mm. they incur reactions. So right. attacks of opportunity. However, yeah. not every spell does that. So, for example, all the spells with the somatic component... Yeah. um and spells with the material component they all they all th- incur attacks of opportunity for example so what they've done is rather than saying that for the spells they have just quite simply put manipulate as part of the traits so rather than saying oh this manipulates this um incurs an attack of opportunity because it's a somatic component it's just no no this incurs this yeah. specific spell incurs an attack of opportunity, whilst this other one doesn't. Mm. So that they've simplified that quite a bit, because a lot of times when my players are, um, like casting spells, it's okay. So what components does it have? Okay, so it incurs and it and it just delays shit.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, spell casting delays stuff anyway, because you've got to like make sure you've read the spell description properly and all that sort of thing, right? I mean how how many times have we been sitting in combat especially as someone like myself who tends to play more bonky bonk characters bonky bonk. um like well i mean yeah i'm i'm a bonk you in the face 50 times uh, and then it's, that's that's my turn right and then like so it'll get to my turn i'll bonk you with all the attacks i have that round and then i sit around waiting for the spellcasters to read their spells how are you um, saying especially bonk- if you then how are you saying bonk
0: so many times without us making it sexual
2: I don't know. Maybe we did get wiser.
0: No, we didn't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or we were just waiting. (laughs) Um, You know, and uh, you you do end up sitting there just waiting for the the spellcasters to take their turns. And it it, like your turn in combat takes all of a few seconds. And then you're sitting around for 20 minutes waiting for your next turn. Um, So, and then if you then add in like, Oh, well, does this provoke? Oh, it does. Okay. Well, all of these are now going to swing at you because, that you've incurred an opportunity attack because of this component. And like, it just adds so many more levels that it's going to delay that even further. So anything that streamlined spellcasting is good in my books.
0: Yeah. I mean, Pathfinder second edition is a streamlined system from the get go. Yeah. And this remaster just seems to be Cutting like out doubling, the fat yeah, doubling down on yeah. it. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. really excited. I'm excited yeah. for the wizard. I might actually, I've never yeah, played it, a wizard. Never. Have you not? Have you not? No.
2: I, I have played a wizard once. It was in 5e. Um, I, I don't, like I said, I don't really tend to play spellcasters very often. Um, I tend to go down the more martial route. Um, because let's be honest, there's nothing quite like somebody talking shit in the tavern and then you just hit them with a huge fucking ax. There's nothing better. um, but, yeah, so I, I'm trying to expand myself, which is why I've, I've got, like, the Warlock that I'm I'm planning to play and, and stuff like that um to, to kind of branch out a little bit and, and try some new stuff next time I play.
0: Yeah, I don't think um, I've ever played a prepared spellcaster. Mm-mm. I've either played Bards or, I think, Sorcerers. I think I'd played one Sorcerer. Yeah. But I've never sorcerers played anything fun. prepared because I couldn't be fucked with the bookkeeping.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there is there is a lot of bookkeeping. There it's yeah.
0: I'll I'll definitely I'll have to try play one at some point.
2: Yeah. Um I mean I I really want to play one properly at some point. Um like go really in depth with it, but I just need to find a nice long campaign to to do that in. Well, um where we don't already have 18 spellcasters.
0: Well, I do have a concept for a wizard um that oh. I kind of had planned to jump in as a Sort of glorified NPC in in a friend's game. Mm-hmm. That still may happen. I don't know, but I've got a cool concept for a wizard, so that's going to probably okay. be my my first my first iteration.
2: And I'm guessing you're going to hold out on us and, and not tell us about it until you've fully built it, right?
0: Uh yeah. There's there's no way I'm telling anybody. <laughs> I think it's one of the funniest character concepts I've come up with.
2: Really, as funny as the the bard, who's based on the Bogans in my campaign. Funnier. I mean, I, um, okay. Funnier than that. I, I, I'll have to reserve judgment. Yeah. But speaking of the Bogans,
0: that was good. That that was <laughs> right? That was right? impressive. That was top yeah. tier.
2: Um. So there is a new sci-fi RPG that's been inspired by Hitchhiker's Guide and a Red Dwarf.
0: Now. I'm a big fan of Hitchhikers. I'm a big fan of Red Dwarf.
2: <laughs> um, so basically, it's all everything's done with a D twenty and a D six. It's all you need for everything. <laughs> so it's nice, nice and simple. Um, and it aims to offer a so the the game the game I should probably tell you the name of the game. That would probably be a good if I was a professional. That's where I would start. So. <laughs> designer steven hans has created a game called space aces voyages in infinite space and it aims to offer a breezy approach to galactic exploration uh with a minimal no prep uh, or minimal to no prep Even i can't speak today so basically you can jump straight in um and it's like an open source space exploration system So, you can make it fit any kind of world from like Futurama, Star Trek, Space Balls, even. Like, if it happened in space, you can do it in this system. And I'm all for it.
0: (laughs) I'm adding it to my cart as we speak.
2: (laughs) Um, I mean, so some of the aliens that you can encounter space otter bandits, aristocrat spice merchants. Uh, so it's rules of light RPG, which is our, it's our favorite. Let's be honest. Cause it means that you can have a lot more flexibility with things. Um, and yeah, it just looks really, really cool. And I love the way it works. So you explore around a galaxy. It's kind of got a bit of a board gamey feel to it because the galaxy is made up of over 60 hex tiles that come together to form systems. Right. So you can lay these Hextars out and you can rearrange your system and have a different galaxy every time, um, which in itself is pretty cool. Um, you might not like that part, but I do. Um, and yeah, it, it just means that you're going to all, all of those space shows that we grew up watching and loving um, and even like shows like The Orville. I don't know if you've seen that.
1: Yo, I love um, The Orville.
2: So did I. I absolutely loved it. Um, but even like that, right? Because I mean that, that whole show started as like an homage to Star Trek, right? And it
0: became and, and it actually ended up becoming a a better really Star Trek than Star yeah. Trek. It's kind of exactly. it's kind it of, so good, dude. It's kind of like Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Galaxy Galaxy Quest is actually rated as one of the better Star Trek films, and it's not even <laughs> fucking Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. It's the same sort of um, thing.
2: It really is. And this, this is kind of like the, this, this, the Star Trek RPG that never actually was Star Trek, if that makes sense. Cause you could then, you could actually build like an entire Star Trek style campaign of exploration and visiting these, you know, un unvisited worlds and exploring unknown space in this RPG system, but it doesn't have to be limited to what already exists in the Star Trek universe. You could create your own races and, bring in some of these other races that already exist and stuff like that. It's quite open source and I quite like that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be investing in this. I think mm. I think you had me when you said Red Dwarf.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was, that was literally the title, but okay.
0: <laughs> I know, I, don't, don't get me wrong, I do like um, Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, I haven't actually read the book yet, which is a massive injustice. Mm. Um, but I intend to, um, so, but yeah, Red Dwarf.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I I did like watching Red Dwarf as well, but for me, Hitchhikers was, uh.
0: I grew up with Red Dwarf. Song. I was yeah, watching I see, Red Dwarf when I was a bit too young to be watching Red Dwarf because my brothers <laughs> used to watch it and I just found it amazing. Just sat there with them. Yeah. <laughs> Smeghead became part of my lexicon at a very early yeah. age.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a good insult as well because like it's an insult that doesn't sound like an
1: insult.
0: It's great. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely I've got I'm in my cart. I'm not paying for it just yet, but it's mm-hmm. it's gonna get got.
1: Yeah, it looks really good.
2: But yeah, so I think that's that that about sums up Space Aces, Voyagers, and in Infinite Space. You know it's going on the list, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, it's going on the list. I'll move it then.
0: Oh I, yeah, I, definitely.
1: I,
2: right to, I, I moved it to the wrong. This list is getting so long.
0: I know, but we but we are starting. <laughs> we are. We, we are, are starting on Thursday. On Thursday, on
2: Thursday we, we are we are attacking something on the list on Thursday. Yes, our
0: good friend Couch is um, going to be running us through Fabula Ultima. And technically,
2: we've actually already started because Blades in the Dark is on the list. Yeah,
0: and I've already run some of that, and we've got characters And I have built, I have
2: built my character. You have? The, the best character that's ever been built, ever. See? Yeah. yeah see. You got
0: Maxi, kid.
1: <laughs>
2: got a little spunk, and I like it.
0: Sorry, you got what? <laughs> you heard. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that was that was bad and i feel bad <laughs> so so that's gonna be the clip i put out later on this. Week. yeah i'm well
2: aware <laughs> i knew like the minute it came out of my mouth i knew that was <laughs> that i was gonna see this all over social media at some point i'm glad you said oh. i'm glad you said
0: came out of your mouth
2: yeah no yeah no, that's getting edited together i'm aware I'm just going to stop talking now. This is, this is your episode. I'm just going to shut up.
0: Now nah, carry, carry on. you got more to talk about.
2: <laughs> I do. I do. Um, one of the things I did want to talk about is um, something that I know you haven't really had a problem with, and that's filling combat with things other than just rolling dice and yeah, that hits. Yeah. Because I know you are quite big on... Yeah, well, I'm going to call him a slag in the <laughs> middle of combat and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, slag if I'm feeling lousy.
2: <laughs> I was just picking an insult at random.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm normally <laughs> a bit more creative than
2: slag. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> Shut you slag. Shut you slag. Um, but it, it's something that I know a lot of people do struggle with at their tables, yeah. is that once they get into combat, it seems like role play just goes out the window. Um and it, it's not like a a negative thing. I'm not saying like, oh, this is terrible and you should be shouldn't be doing combat that way. Like, let me just clarify that. If that's how you want to run your combat, that's how you want to run your combat, and that's absolutely fine. Personally, that's how I do it, because I'm not big on role play, as what we've discussed many times. Yeah. For me, I like the clicky-clacks and the numbers. That's why I play this game. Right? But for those people that are really into their role play, sometimes the, the combats, especially if it's a big combat, like uh like something that's been a really big build up, right? Like like you had with the you know the the getting into the village um and then them killing everyone in the fucking village. <laughs> right? That that had quite a lot of build up to it. And if it just you know boiled down to roll some dice. Yeah you missed. Uh cool. Next um that that get it, it can kind of kill the moment as well.
1: Yeah, I, I,
0: I do get that. And don't get do get me and wrong, I, I, I think too heavy a roleplay during combat, especially in yes. in yeah. certain systems, i.e. Pathfinder. I think it yeah,
2: you gotta find the line. Yeah,
0: I think it does kind of get to a point where enough's enough. <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't need to know what you're doing for every fucking spell. I don't need yeah, to know.
2: Like, oh, I'm I'm waving my arms and like I don't I don't care about that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, but <laughs> but yeah. So the the article that we found was from the Alexandrian.net.
1: Yes, yes,
0: and it was regarding adding a a point in the initiative effectively for role play. Yeah. So you'd have enemy one, enemy two, character one, character two, and some point fitted in there, you would have a role play moment. A little bit of role
2: play, yeah. Which
0: I like that idea.
2: I really do as well. And I personally as well, I wouldn't have it every round.
1: Okay, interesting, I would maybe...
2: uh, purely because then it it kind of becomes... um, it then becomes mechanical again. If it's like every round, something's going to happen. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Um, get that.
2: So I I would maybe have it like after, like if if a player got a crit or if, if an NPC got a crit or a critical fail, both going both ways. Right. I'd maybe slot it into that round because then you've got something to play off.
0: Okay. So something that activates on a trigger or on a series of triggers.
2: Yeah, exactly that um or like i mean one of the examples that they they give in in this article is um trick the npc uh, trick the pcs even with an offer of surrender right so let's say um the barbarian hits a huge crit um or vice versa a huge critical fail um but like he or he tries to like roll a intimidation check on his his turn or whatever right the way that you could then resolve that is by inserting this this triggered roleplay Scene into the, the initiative order where the, the bandits start, like, offering to surrender. And as soon as the players lower their guard, they strike. And just, get, like, adding that kind of element into it where the, all of the combats then become a little bit more dynamic as well. So Square Enix have announced Final Fantasy 14 as the first official adaptation
0: the final fantasy franchise for tabletop role-playing games now that's yeah that's interesting i've i've never i've never played final fantasy 14 i have how is it um it's, it's it's all
2: right um So I started playing it because a bunch of my friends were like, oh yeah, we're all going to play it. Like You should play it with us because you play MMOs. I was like, that's right. I do play MMOs, so I'm going to be judging it pretty harshly. (laughs) Um, And it was good. Like It it was really good as an MMO. It just wasn't my kind of MMO. Um, It was a lot slower paced than what I'm used to. Um, So I didn't get all that far in it because of that, but it was a lot of fun when I was playing it.
0: Fair enough. I mean, I the most recent one I played was Final Fantasy 15, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a fantastic game. And then I was a huge Final Fantasy 7 nerd I've back in I've never played
2: a Final Fantasy game. They're good, gonna, they're, narratively, gonna, they're
0: fantastic. I'm gonna upset a
2: lot of people with that because I am a big gamer, but I have never. Oh no, I'll tell a lie. I have. I played Crisis Core on the PSP.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough it is and i, re- the same I really game. enjoyed that <laughs> now they are they are good games. There's a reason mm. why there's so many of them of course, yeah, um obviously Final Fantasy VII being being the most popular the the most well yeah,
2: known yeah i I would agree with that. I would say that that is the one that if you say Final Fantasy, that's the one people think of um, especially like the characters for that were also in the in the film Advent Children. Because that was all based on the Final Fantasy VII characters, wasn't it? Like yeah. Cloud and all that lot.
0: Cloud, Several.
2: That was a good film. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen the film. I really enjoyed the film. Um, but I just never played the game.
0: <laughs> That's one thing that Couch did when we first started playing Pathfinder. It started building all the Final Fantasy VII yeah, characters. Yeah, I remember
2: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I built Cloud once. So, in, in a similar vein,
2: um, I, I recently built uh, Kirito. From Sword Art Online um, in Five E. See that's a, a lot of fun today.
0: That's a franchise I'm really unaware of. I've heard of it, obviously, but it's, it's, it's really good. So
2: the the general concept is um, it's a VR based game. Um, but if you die in the game, you die in real life, and you can't like log out.
1: Oh. I'll yeah, it's,
2: to, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> I'll have
0: to check it out. But so Final Fantasy fourteen RPG.
2: Yes. So they <laughs> they accidentally launched the page. <laughs> um and it was up for about six hours before they realized and took it down. Um but then they re-released it a few days later um with the official pre-order page and all that sort of thing. So you can pre-order the starter set now. As starter sets go, it's a pretty good starter set. So in the starter set, you're gonna get your player's handbook, your GM's handbook, which to get both of those in your starter set is pretty good. Um, normally you get like slimmed down versions of, but these are actually just the the whole book. You get three scenarios, which all tie into the final fantasy 14 main story from the online game, which is pretty cool. Um, especially for those players that have played like the MMO all the way through the storyline. Um, I imagine that'd be even cooler for them because they'll be able to tie it into what their characters have done in the game. Um, You get four pre-gen characters, so you get a warrior, a white mage, dragoon, and black mage, which are all classes from the online game. Um, So it looks like they're actually going to be using the classes that exist in the MMO for the the tabletop as well, which is pretty cool. So it also means that for those people that have played the MMO, they might be able to build their characters from the MMO into the tabletop game, which I think is a really cool
0: tie-in. Yeah, it looks really good. It looks quite pretty, to be honest. I'm just looking mm. at the image of it now.
1: Well, that's not all you get. You also...
2: <laughs> I feel like one of those infomercials. That's not all. Order today. <laughs> is, that, is that all, Justin? <laughs> no, you also get the rule summary, a strategy guide, encounter maps, character tokens, and ability markers. And you'll also get uh, custom dice. So you get 60 20s, where the Final Fantasy 14 logo replaces the 20, which is pretty cool. And you get 10 D six. Um, and all of that for the low, low price to carry on with our, um, (laughs) late night shopping channel vibe that we're going with for some reason on this one. Uh, For the low, low price of $59.99, which I think in the the Great British Pound is uh, probably about, like, what, 40, 50 quid, something like that?
0: 50 pounds. fifty fifty yeah. 50 pounds, 99p.
2: Which is not too shabby.
0: No, I mean, if you're getting all that, if you're getting the actual rules, because obviously normally starter mm. sets are just very, yeah, very slim down versions. Like mm. the, the starter set I got for Avatar, that was... It's a great fucking box, by the way. But yeah. again, it's a very slim down version. So if you're getting the full rules, then it is definitely worth it. Um, I just, I mean, I I could see Couch enjoying that. Absolutely, that is something that Couch would 100 percent mm. get on board with.
2: Abs- absolutely. Um, it's it's definitely up his anyway I, I can think of a few people from around here, um, that would absolutely love. This as a, as a game in
1: general.
0: Yeah, um, we'll definitely have to keep an eye out on that.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: It's meant to be releasing next May.
1: Hmm. Um. And
2: in the same vein of uh things that Couch would really really like, um, the studio behind the My Little Pony RPG. I'm not saying Couch would like the My Little Pony RPG, although I think he probably would. Um, they are producing. A Ghost in the Shell tabletop game. Now, Ghost in the Shell is obviously a huge manga and anime series. And it's now getting a tabletop version.
0: That always Ghost in the Shell always felt like it was unexplored. Um mm. for, from my perspective. Because obviously you had the movie which was hugely successful back in the day. Yep. Um but it was kind of an introduction to this world. Yeah. But I I'm not entirely sure, but at least from from where I stood, we saw very little else. I do believe there was a series at one point. Yeah. There was with, a uh, tire Scar-
2: Scarlet Johansson.
0: Oh, that was the movie that got panned.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that was the movie that got absolutely yep. raked across the deservedly so, it was shit. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm talking about I'm talking about the original anime movie. Ah, right, gotcha, that, that, gotcha, gotcha. that came out. I think it was yes. end of the 90s, maybe.
2: Uh, something like that. Yeah.
0: But yeah, there was meant to be a series as well. There was a tie-in video game where you mm-hmm. kind of controlled this weird tank thing, which yep. was which apparently was quite good. But yeah, it just always kind of felt like the world was a bit unexplored. So. I'm definitely interested in that.
2: So, all we have right now is a coming soon picture that was released from Riverhorse Games, the company making it. That okay. is all we've had. In terms of information, that is all we have. In terms of release dates, all we know is a tease date of 2024. We don't know when, we don't know what month, we don't know anything. That is all we know at this point. However, I'm going to be putting it on our watch list because I think that is something that um, we will want to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: Um, yeah, so I, I think it, it's quite nice as well to start seeing, um, like, worlds from other... other What's what I'm looking for here? IPs? Yes, coming into, like, getting their own games, right? Because there are so many of these worlds from like TV shows we've watched or comics we've read or films we've seen once upon a time that when we were younger, like that was half the fun of the show, right? Is we would watch the show and be like, Oh my God, it'd be so cool to like be in that world and, you know, be doing that or fighting that bad guy or doing that. And like, now we're we're getting to a point where those kids that were watching those shows and feeling like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if like we could be in that world and do that thing? They've grown up and they make games now. So guess what? They're making games based in those worlds.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I still struggle with uh with uh licensed RPGs. Um and I think I always will. Um Yeah. But I think it is cool. I mean, you've got everyday heroes.
1: Yeah. That looks really cool.
0: Oh, what's the comment? Is it I can't remember the name of the company, but they are pumping out licensed property Mm. after licensed property, whether it's the Crow. Highlander is one that cropped up on my feed recently. It's like, yeah. Ooh, a Highlander RPG.
2: There can be only one.
0: Sounds fucking awesome.
2: Um, Wouldn't that devolve into the party just killing each other at the end, though?
0: (laughs) It might do. I don't know. I haven't. Because there can be only one. (laughs) See, I haven't read the book. I need to. But I'm, I'm kind of. I think if I open that door to everyday heroes, it's a door that's not going to get shut. I <laughs> won't we'll see you again. I'll you be know. recording
2: solo from that <laughs>
0: point on. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of avoiding taking that leap.
2: Although it's on our list, so we have to at some point.
0: We do, we do have to. Mm. But yeah, definitely interesting regarding ghost, uh, ghost in the Shell.
2: So, a bit of sad news, though. Of something that is never going to release anything new again. Um, the world of Kaladar. So, ten years, stuff's been being uh, produced for the world of Kaladar by Bruce Heard, and he has announced that he will be wrapping it up. There will be no future releases uh, for the world of Kaladar, which is. It's always sad to see something come to an end, but at the same time, it's always, it's, it's kind of nice at the same time that it maybe will allow, it will open a space, if you know what I mean.
0: To be honest, I mean, none of those words have resonated with me at any point. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm trying not to sound dismissive because obviously, if the dude's been doing it for 20 years, it's ten obviously years. ten years. Sorry, there's obviously been some some sort of following, but this is literally the first I'm hearing of it.
2: Yeah. Um. So yeah, he he's been producing them, uh, producing uh, what like stuff around the world of Kalidar for for, uh, ten years as as I said, um, and yeah, it, it's um, it's not something that I've ever really used in any of my games or anything like that. Um but I think it I, th- I think he's decided to wrap it up based on a statement that he gave because he's just not getting the the backing to produce them anymore um so his last Kickstarter didn't have a lot of sales um and i think he he's kind of look looking at it and just going it's just not feasible to produce anymore.
0: no which is which is fair enough it is a it is a very competitive market yeah out there and there are so many worlds, there are so many settings, not mm. like if you just take a look at d and d yep, there are so many settings and well. <laughs> it, it's just it it it's got to a point where there is a an oversaturation of the market
2: yeah, I mean case in point is two other stories that I've got on my list for today is uh two new settings for d and d. Um, which is kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. Because one of them, I think you'll, even though it's d I think you'll quite like the concept. Thanks the other one is pretty cool. <laughs> no, I think uh, uh, I said you'll like the concept, not that you'll play it <laughs> or that you'll care. I said you'll like the concept. The other one is pretty cool, um, but I'm reserving judgment on it. Um, so one of them is the new Planescape Adventure and Sourcebook which is basically um, a source book and adventure path and stuff that explores the other planes of existence. Um, So obviously in 5e, I don't know, I'm saying obviously, because to anybody who's never played 5e, this wouldn't be obvious. Um, (laughs) But in 5e, there are multiple planes of existence. So you've got things like the elemental plane where elemental creatures come from, right? And the various different planes that, span all of the different creature types and all that sort of thing. But it's something that's never really been deep dived before. It's kind of been one of those places where there's been mention of it in the odd book here and there. Um but up, up, it's really been like a GM just going, "Yeah, you are surrounded by water, you are in the water plane." Um like it's just we've been sucking it out of our asses basically. Um and somebody's going, "Hey, do you know it'd be really cool if we actually just built all of these planes as separate worlds. Um, That's what they've done.
0: Well, I mean, there's always a pull for that. There's always a, I mean, Pathfinder have been doing it for,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know when the first plane book, um, planes book. Long time. (laughs) Came out for Pathfinder first edition. But there were two, there were two books. I bought one of them and it was, it was really good. No, no, because he delved into the inner planes, the outer planes, the elemental planes, the transient planes, um, yeah. Heaven, Nirvana, Hell, yeah. Abaddon, and all these all these places. And
2: that's exactly what this book is doing for 5E.
0: And um And obviously more more recently, Pathfinder brought out Rage of Elements, which yeah. touches upon that, but really doesn't delve in, but it starts talking about the plane of wood and the plane of metal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I think that I, I'm quite surprised that this is only happening now.
2: Um, I think it's, again, it, so it it has happened in the past, but it wasn't really documented very well. So there was a video game um, called Planescape, which is what this book is called. Um, I think it was back in, like, ninety. 90- or 95 or something, this video game came out, um, which basically went through the adventure that is going to be in this book. So so the book's adventure is going to begin the same way the video game began, but you're not playing the same character from the video game. Um, But you are going to be interacting with the same sort of NPCs and, and the same world that that video game took place in. Um, And, It it basically, the information we've got is the players are going to be awoken by the Mimia Morte, which is a floating sentient skull who is supposedly looking for someone. And they've put here that it's possibly the character from the video game that they're looking for. So the whole point of the game, the the adventure path, is that you are looking for the video game player that you played back in the 90s, which I think is quite cool.
0: (laughs) No, it's cool that there is a tie-in, especially if they're calling it Mm -hmm. exactly the same thing. Yeah, you know, it makes sense.
2: As for the new setting that I think you're going to quite like, <laughs> is the, it's called the Crooked Moon. Uh, it's a folk horror D&D 5e campaign saying.
0: So basically they've gone and shoehorn the 5e rules into something that it wasn't meant to do, which no. happens all the fucking time.
2: No. All right. So, The Crooked Moon draws from uh, European and American folklore. Um, and it's basically a setting, um, explore the setting and adventure. So, it comes with a, an adventure path as well, uh, which takes the characters from first level up to about level 13. And you are trying to overcome an ancient fake goddess known as the Crooked Queen. So it's not shoehorning in folklore stuff with 5e mechanics. It's a full adventure path that's been built out um using folklore as
1: the, the source, basically.
0: Yeah, I'm not interested. <laughs> but it looks so good. Well, you know, I'll, I'll more power to you, but, you know, if I want to play, you know american folklore there's, i'll go with there, old there, gods of appalachia there, or, there's, there's new
2: subclasses
0: that means nothing to me <laughs> you know that is not a selling point that is i'm I not know, exactly this to me oh there's new subclasses. i don't give a
2: shit <laughs> they're, they're going to be adding 13 subclasses uh 13 lineages which is cool 26 artifacts or 26 plus fabled artifacts more feats and more spells. So it's, it's adding quite a lot to the game, um, all kind of drawing from like folklore and and stuff like that, which I think is pretty cool. And I'm looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but you don't do horror.
2: I know, but I'm still looking forward to it. That's how, that's how much I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be quite cool because I don't, I don't do horror. I'm not a big horror fan, but I do like folklore and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they, they put it into a game and stuff. Because I've, I've done it before. I've put folklore into games. Um, and another game that does a lot of folklore into games is something like Monster of the Week and stuff, right? Because that's all based around that sort of thing, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, we need to play that again. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That and, that and Avatar, is they're both powered by the
1: apocalypse.
0: Mm. Um, so something I came across the other day. Yes. Um, this was on, um, it came up, um, on Instagram and it is from the account Storyteller Conclave. Yes. So they are at ST underscore Conclave on Twitter and on Instagram. All right.
1: Mm.
0: And I'll read it out and then I'll, and I'll tell you why I wanted to bring it up. Okay. Okay. So basically it was an image and it was try this for your next game. Mm -hmm. Have your players keep a secret. Mm. Maybe it's one of your players' birthdays or they need a moment in the sun. Have a story where all the other players know that it is a dream sequence and to act as they would normally, just accepting their fates. Then when the scene turns hard and the one player is left with a horrible situation, have them wake up and reset everything back. The other players can just roll and act as if the last hour or two didn't happen. I've done it, and the reaction is amazing. Yeah. I have done this. Okay. However, mine was a lot more fucking insidious.
1: I don't
2: doubt that for a second. There
0: was none of this, oh, maybe it's your player's (laughs) birthday. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) So... In my Rise of the Runelords campaign, one player had his character and his backstory for the character was quite vague. It was like, okay, I come from Ustalav, which is like the, the, the Transylvania translation. Mm-hmm. Um, we come from, I come from Ustalav. At some point, there was a tragedy in my childhood. I ran away, met a kid who I traveled with. Then there was a tragedy with him. And then here I am hey, Presto, yeah. do with that what you will. So I went, yeah. okay, I
2: will. <laughs> oh, that's so dangerous.
0: <laughs> so I created a story where he was part of this family in Ustalav. However, mm-hmm. before he was born, his parents couldn't conceive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they made a deal
1: oh, with
0: an okay. entity from the 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 plane of Leng, which yeah. is the plane of nightmares. So the deal was that they would be able to conceive, and their the the downside of the deal is one of their kids would become property of this denizen of Leng.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Alright. So they made the deal, had two kids. The character as a little boy, and a few years later, his little sister. Mm-hmm. So when it came round for this denizen of Lang to come and collect, the parents reneged.
2: Oh, I am shocked and And appalled.
0: They sort of set up all these sort of wardings, blah 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 blah. So eventually, the denizen of Lang came along and took the sister. Yeah, the sister has then grown up in the nightmare realm. She has been twisted. (sighs) She has been been sent insane and all she wants is revenge because the brother she looked up to abandoned her. Yeah. So when they got within a certain distance of this guy's hometown, that's when I started. Yeah. He would go to sleep and he would have dreams. And in these dreams, he would see visions of him as a kid. However. He didn't, never saw his sister. I kind of made it so that through trauma, he'd forgotten about that side of it. But yeah. he'd hear voices. He'd hear a girl's voice singing nursery rhymes.
2: Oh, God, that's my, that, that, that <laughs> is honestly one of my worst fears, is, so, is twins singing nursery rhymes. I, s- I genuinely have nightmares about that.
0: So there were about four of these dreams at different intervals. Then the closer they got to this city, I had the system manifest and basically attack uh, his best friend in the party.
2: Uh, nope, 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 nope.
0: But without, he just woke up and he had a claw mark across his chest.
2: Nope, I'm it out. was
0: it was a very <laughs> nightmare on Elm Street sort of scenario. So uh, what when it all came to a head?
2: Mm-hmm. I basically
0: told the rest of the players what the plan was. It was yeah. he was going to have another dream. However, when he thought he woke up,
2: the dream, was w- a dream
0: the dream would continue and I gave the players a list of things to slip into conversation. Right. Things like it's your fault they died. Yeah. Things like they would have been alive if it-. stuff like that. Stuff that they would just slip into conversation.
1: And yeah. then once
0: he realized it was a dream, the whole thing would shift and it would be a confrontation between him and his sister. Yeah. And it fucking, it was amazing.
2: That sounds pretty cool.
0: It lasted that it took him about half an hour <laughs> to realize because it, because the, the rest of the players started peppering in these little sort of statements. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. They'd have been alive if it wasn't for you. And it, yeah. what, what was that? No, nothing. None. And they'd what? carry on. And yeah. it was, it was, it oh, was. Oh, that's so good. It was a glorious moment. And I saw this the other day and it just made me laugh because it is so innocent the way that they've phrased it. And it's like, oh yeah, I bastardized that a <laughs> long
2: time ago. They're like, I did something like that, but the opposite. <laughs>
0: I, there was no touchy-feely crap. It was all too... It was harrowing. Like, the but whole that's the thing, thing though. I mean,
2: Like, they've written it in a really sweet way, but you could read that as exactly the same as what you just said, right? Is because when they wake up, the other players just act as if nothing had happened. So you could have that dream that they're talking about, that dream sequence where things get really hard and then the player wakes up. Um, that dream sequence could be as harrowing as you want it to be.
0: Oh yeah. And in my mind, it would be.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Give it, give it in like in my hands, I would twist it. <laughs> so yeah, I just no. wanted to bring that up. Cause I thought that was, it just made me laugh when I saw it.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, and I think done well, it, it could be a really cool, cool way to give a player a little bit extra without like eating story time. If that makes sense. Like, story time is probably the the wrong word, but because it's like a dream sequence it's not like taking people away from the narrative that already exists for this like side story because it's a dream sequence. I quite like that
0: yeah it was I mean it is a good mechanic to use um yeah. i t- to be honest, when I thought of it at no point did I think, oh let's give the player the spotlight. It was like, no, I want to fuck with him
2: <laughs> fuck that guy dishonor on you, dishonor on your
0: cow. <laughs> You you give me a half ass backstory and let me fill in the fucking blanks? I'm Those gonna blanks are going to
2: f- be brutal.
0: It's like the other player who said he had a character who had amnesia. It's like, I'm going to fuck mm. with you as well.
2: <laughs> well, that's... So speaking of that, I don't know if you've seen it, but there, there's like a... I've seen it a quite a few times on like Instagram and, and YouTube shorts and stuff like that of like people saying about like a really cool concept for a campaign would be everyone starting with blank character sheets and they've all just like woken up like washed up on a shore or something and they've all got amnesia so they don't know anything about their characters and like as they explore the world and and do stuff like they'll start to figure out what their stats are and what like what class they are because one of them might like just like put his hands out to do something and a fireball flies out of his hands like oh shit, i can cast fireball like stuff like that right
0: <laughs> the the beginning to strange aeons which is like a Cthulian horror. Mm. adventure path um they they do start like that but not with the blank character sheets you do start with a character sheet but it's your characters awake in a mental asylum
1: and you've got no
0: memories of who you are and you Mm. don't really you don't really get those memories until like book three or four
1: yeah
0: and you still never really recover the memories you just investigate who you are and why you are placed in that asylum to begin with
1: Yeah, I I
2: quite like that as a concept of just like discovering your character as you go. Um, I I think it could be a really interesting way to run like a, a one shot where there's like pre-gen characters Um, is you, you dish out the character sheets to the players, but like they don't know what character they've got and they have to like figure out as they go.
1: Yeah. I think, (laughs)
0: I think it would work a bit better as a, as a one shot. Yeah. Because I think once the character sheet is filled in.
1: Yeah. Then the, the, then they've just got a character.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the thread tying them to that mystery is is gone. Yeah. Whereas if you just do it with the character sheets, you know, in full view and just say this is the mystery, it kind of it it shifts the focus. Yeah. They they focus on the mystery themselves, the itself as opposed to the, the mechanics them, of it. The
2: mystery of them, yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I think it I think it can work. Um mm. I'd, again, I'd be hesitant to do the character sheet thing because I just have to remember so much fucking shit. <laughs> and I can't I mean, be there,
2: fucked. Th- there was one other thing that I saw that was quite funny on on the old social medias. I can't remember for the life of me where I saw it, but it was a, a video. Um, but it was like a video of a guy reading like a Reddit post or something. So I'm, I don't really know yet where it comes from originally, but it was just this this idea of like the party walking into a tavern um, and then the the guy behind the bar in the tavern just pulling out this huge tome she's going <sighs> species and ages as he flips through this book of like all of the legal a- legal drinking ages for all of the different species that exist.
0: How oh, <laughs> oh, that'd be yeah, that would be a good concept.
2: And just like him being so fed up of having to check like all of these species that exist, especially like as every single book that comes out for these systems seems to add like another eight races that just have appeared in the world.
0: (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, I do actually like that. That's quite funny.
2: So yeah, that that was quite a funny one that I I will probably implement at some point in in one of my campaigns.
0: (laughs) I'm 55 years old, but you're a dwarf. You're a child.
2: Yeah, you're a dwarf, you're 12.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it'll be good. (laughs) All right. Or the, the opposite of that would be, I'm a dwarf. Oh, good point. Yeah, no, you're five, but you're a dwarf. That's fine. You can have an ale. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, so shall we take a seat on the couch? I
2: think we should.
0: Right, I've only got the one question from me. I don't know if anyone's got in touch with you.
2: No, I've not got any.
0: Nobody likes you anymore. It's kind of weird.
2: I know. I'm feeling a bit left out.
0: Yeah. Well, this is from Couch of the Kitchen. Mm-hmm. From Watch Out for That Tree. <laughs> I had a feeling you like that one. Oh, it's one of my favourite films. <laughs> that that is probably the least surprising thing I've ever heard you say.
1: It's so stupid. I do, but m- that's what makes it amazing. I
0: do miss the the. I do miss that level of stupidity in movies.
2: Yeah, of like the the nineties like spoof films. They were so good. They-
0: they stopped being good in the 90s. I'm talking about like the 70s where you've got <sighs> Naked Gun and... Oh,
2: dude, Naked yeah. Gun was so good. Surely you can't be serious. I'm very serious. Don't call me Shirley.
0: <laughs> I mean, they were just amazing. I mean... Oh, they
2: were... an air- Airplane. That was a good one as well. Airplane.
0: Yeah. Um, top Secret.
2: Yeah. Hot
0: Shots. Hot Shots 1 and 2. Uh,
2: part 2. Part 2.
0: This is the correct sorry.
2: title. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> and then I think the last probably good one was probably Scary Movie.
2: Yeah, and then Scary I, Movie went a bit off the rails, and I think that, that honestly, I think Scary Movie kind of killed the spoof genre, because they went a bit off the rails with it, and I think it kind of fucked it up for everyone.
0: I think Scary Movie still kind of maintained, because I've seen, like, Scary Movie 4 and 5, and it's still got a similar similar vein of humor but it's when they started coming out with fucking epic movie
2: yeah and stuff like that that's
0: that that just kind of went it yeah it it kind of became more about oh let's make sure we people know we're parodying this thing as opposed to let's try and just parodying
2: it yeah yeah the, the parody became almost the joke itself rather than just making a joke
0: yeah, it was okay. Look, this is what we're doing now. Now we're yeah. parodying American Idol, and it was just became so fucking on the nose. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I mean, anyway, I, I need to get back to watching. <laughs> the, I'm just updating my watch list.
2: We digress.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna be watching Naked Gun the moment we stop recording.
2: <laughs> it's a good film.
0: It's an amazing fucking film. <laughs> anyway, Couch's question. Couch's question. Is would you cross systems? Take for example the conversation you had about the city building games that would help players in your normal systems. So would you use Pathfinder for a main game, then use another system to do a mini game? What ones do you think
1: would work well? Hmm. Interesting. What you're thinking? What are, What are your thoughts? I honestly don't know. Um, I think the, the
2: hard thing would be finding a reason to use a different system rather than just the system that you're currently playing
1: in. Um, I think like for, for something like, like the dream sequences and stuff that
2: we were just talking about, it could be fun to just throw in something that's very rules light or very um, like theater of mind. Like for example, your your horror horrible horror based dream sequence that this player had um and using something like delta green which is built for that kind of horror mechanic right um but even then it means that you're gonna have to build their character sheets into this other system for that to work and
1: it's just i it could end up being more work than it's worth yeah i agree um I think that I would do it, and I have tried to do it recently. Mm. When the uh, the
0: players in my homebrew were doing a heist, I tried to kind of hoot, uh, shoehorn in some uh, blades in the dark mechanics. Yeah, didn't quite work, but mm. it you know it wasn't too bad. I just don't think it would. It's something that I would do again, or I would definitely. Um, probably put a lot more thought into doing. Into how, yeah. I think if you find something in the system that you're running which has a a void, mm. then I think it it's great to pick up from other systems. The only one that's kind of springing to mind now is in, for example, Pathfinder. There isn't a really solid mass combat mechanic. Mm. There isn't really a armies going to war mechanic, which fits.
1: Yeah, I
0: think in Kinmaker, they have done it. They have kind of done put, a put version of yet. it. Um, But I don't think it would be as good as something as, let's say, for example, Warhammer. Yeah. So I wouldn't be opposed to my... Players going to a place where they've got to basically become generals of an army.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and then essentially
2: then playing playing a game of Warhammer.
0: Just importing Warhammer yeah. into the system. I would obviously have to know more about playing fucking Warhammer because I've course, got zero yeah, yeah. clue whatsoever. But I think that's something that could work. I think wherever yeah. you've got a, a void, wherever you've got a gap...
1: Yeah, I, in, I think
0: in the system,
1: it, it's also
2: for like any of those like tavern-based games as well. So, like if a player is going, or, or if like the parties, or like when you you went to a casino in in your party, right? Um, you would then be able to like actually just insert some real casino games into that. If they want to sit down and play some blackjack, for example, you could. Just I sit have, down and play some blackjack.
0: I avoided doing that for one reason.
2: See the other players <laughs> get bored.
0: No. Um, I, act- I made the mistake playing Rune Lords of the players going to a casino. Mm. The entirety of the table, or should I say 90% of the table, including myself at the time,
1: were <laughs> casino workers. Yeah.
0: So it became a point of the entire session was me basically having to make up fucking rules for Blackjack and Roulette on the fly because they were more fucking invested <laughs> in gambling, as they were in the actual fucking game. So this time around, we did not do that. Yeah, I learned my lesson and went. Yes, you're in a casino. What games are there? There's this game, that game, and the other. Can we play? Roll a d20. <laughs> if you if you get higher than eleven, you've got good luck and you get money. Lower than eleven. <laughs> you lose it's like i am not fucking giving you casino games to play because i've got a i've got a i've got a campaign to
1: get on with
2: i see yeah i i would only put in games that i already like know the rules to very well um and i i've spent a lot of time in casinos i've never worked in one but i have spent a lot of time in them um so i i I do know my way around several of the tables Uh, (laughs) Um, but yeah I I think yeah that that's the only kind of thing I could think of is inserting like real life mini games um, into like, like real life games as like a mini game type element of a game so like you say if like they're going to war they go into this like general mode where they then play some kind of tabletop war game like Warhammer or one of the other many systems that exist for similar type of war games um, So I, I think that's probably the only reason where it, it is something that, as you say, the rules of your system don't cover. It might be worth plugging in some kind of external game. Um, but off the top of my head, I, I've i never run into that situation where I've been like, huh, do you know, it would work really well here playing a game of Warhammer. Well,
0: <laughs> I mean, I did run into that situation and that was in Skulls and Shackles mm-hmm. because the the ship-to-ship combat was yeah. so notoriously fucking bad in, in Pathfinder it was like I need another system yeah I need to either create a system I need to find a system and I never did uh, because the campaign kind of fizzled out mm. luckily um, because I am thinking of resurrecting that campaign but converted to second edition yeah um, there is a a third party supplement called smoke ah. and sail nice which is Taking Pathfinder second edition rules and creating this really comprehensive ship management system. Okay. And I've been reading it, it's like fucking good.
1: Mm, So if anybody wants that, it's
0: on Pathfinder Infinite. It's great. Mm, That sounds pretty good. So yeah, I would use I would use a system for something that my system of choice didn't cover.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I can see the benefit to it. I just, I don't think I've come across that situation yet myself. Um, and th- there's not really been a- any time where I've been like, huh, oh, there's a really big hole here that I need to plug somehow. Yeah, not, I like, think- personally, it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think
0: you probably will. I think the more you GM, you will kind yeah. of come oh, up against-
2: absolutely. I know I'm going to. It's just- you, uh, Yeah,
0: again. you'll come <laughs> up against these walls where it's like, this is what I want to do. I can't fucking oh, do it. <laughs> shit.
2: And you will kind of come
0: up with with these things yeah. where you, you kind of have to improvise a lot and you kind of have to, to borrow from other systems. So, yeah. I, you know, I think the more you GM, the more you'll kind of get to that point.
1: Yeah, and I, it's,
2: it's going to happen.
0: I've come across it a few times. Sometimes I've done it using sort of subsystems of Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Which, had I have given it a bit more thought, I could have done something a bit more uh, comprehensive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I'm sure I'll carry on coming up with, um, coming into these situations going forward. But, yeah, the Warhammer battle one.
1: Mm, that could work quite well, but you yeah, would I'm have a... to...
0: I'm going to look uh, uh, into
2: that. Unfortunately, the issue you're going to have with that is playing Warhammer without the minis is
1: not an impossible.
0: I'm going to look into it mm. because it actually does touch on something that I've been kind of toying <laughs> with. I mean, if you and need my- help
2: with the rules, uh, myself or couch couch would probably be better because he, he knows them a lot Oh, they change the rules all the time, but he's more versed with them than I am. But I, I do play a little bit of Warhammer, so I might be able to help you out.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna look into that because mm-hmm. again, I've, I've, I've got a concept of something rattling rattling around the brain. Mm. Um, now whether that'll come out in my homebrew currently, or whether it's something to use in the future, but you know, maybe using something like Warhammer or what's the other one, Malifaux? Malefor, yeah, Malefor, something along those lines. Yeah, I
2: think Warhammer would suit better for just what what players in like TTRPGs are used to, because it's still dice based Malifaux being card based. It would be, cause then you'd have to whip out a deck of cards as well for this one element. And I think that would get a little bit much. Um, whereas the Warhammer rules, they, they are like until you start getting into like the, you know, um, the the real in depth things of like, what does this spell do? What does that spell do? Et cetera, et cetera. Which you'd probably change for, for what you're doing, because to make it Pathfinder spells instead, right? Yeah. Um. So that bit wouldn't really be relevant. But the actual way the mechanics of the combat work are very intuitive to tabletop role playing. Um. So essentially, you you roll your attack. You have to get over a target number to hit. Then you have to get over a target number to damage then they get to roll to defend that damage. That's basically it.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, And then movement and stuff is also baked into, into the turn order. Um, So it it has a very similar structure to a tabletop role playing game um, in that there is a turn order, like things happen in a set way. Um, It's, it's broken down in those ways. There's, there's roles to determine outcomes and stuff like that. So I feel like Warhammer would probably be the easiest to slot in because it's not going to be so far removed from what you're already doing. Yeah. Um, That it would probably slot in quite well, actually. So, yeah, that one probably would work quite well thinking about it.
0: Well, I'll give it some thought. Yeah. But I think that's all we've got time for tonight.
2: Indeed.
0: So thanks, Couch, for sending in another great question.
2: Keeps Mm -hmm. us
0: busy and out of trouble.
2: Keeps us on our toes.
0: Yeah, Thanks to you for spending some time Aww, with me this evening. you're
2: very welcome.
0: And most importantly, thanks to everyone listening. So Justin, do yes. you want to tell people where they can find you on Tinterwebs?
2: Yes. So all of you lovely individuals uh, can find me at Justin, Inter- uh, Justin Interactive. Justin Accurate TV. Jesus, I really can't speak today. Justin Accurate TV. Uh, I'm live over on Twitch quite often at the moment. Um, I probably will be live later this evening. Uh, once this goes out and um, unless of course you're listening on a different day, in which case check, I might be live. I might not. You'll have to find out when you get there, uh, <laughs> but yeah. That, and uh, obviously on our Facebook page.
0: Yeah. As for me, you can also find me on our Facebook page. I'm also at natural one on Instagram and Mastodon. Um, I have recently just been given an invite to blue sky. Mm. So I've created a, at two legit to crit, Account on there. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. It just looks like Twitter to me.
2: Uh, X.
0: Ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> nobody gives it. Nobody gives a shit anymore. <sighs> All right, and with that, thank you once again to everybody listening. Um, if you like what you hear, don't forget to like to to share with your friends. You know, hopefully, we can reach more of you and kind of grow this community that we are loving (laughs) so much yeah so that's about it from us thank you very much and we'll see you next week
2: see you later guys